Hello, friends! It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another edition of the Wednesday Hawani Show. We got a great show lined up for all of you. Three of the biggest names in the sport will stop by. Jorge Masvidal, Dustin Poirier, Rose Namajunas. What's better than that? Getting to them in a second. Stand by. But first, do want to remind you, the NFL Draft starts tomorrow. The Bills, America's team, they have the 30th pick, so it's going to be great. Very exciting. And we all love the draft, and I want to remind you and encourage you all to listen to the Adam Schefter podcast hosted by the great Adam Schefter himself. This week, Adam sat down with the man who has the number one overall pick, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer. What a get. Get all your pre-draft information from the ultimate source with the Adam Schefter podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't miss Football Americas, the new soccer debate show where Hercules Gomez and Sebastian Salazar cover the U.S. and Mexican national teams throughout the entire season. Stream new episodes every Monday and Thursday only on ESPN Plus, the platform that Chill and I built, and you can sign up now at ESPNplus.com. All right, on to today's show, which does contain some language that may not be suitable for all audiences. So as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show! Back in your life on this Wednesday, April 28th, 2021... Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani. Welcome back to the program. As always, like I say, each and every week, so much going on in the world of MMA. We are still buzzing from UFC 261. What a crazy card that was. Some highs, some lows, title changes, defenses, big time stuff, top to bottom. We talked a lot about it on Monday's DC and Hawani. We'll keep that train rolling along On this program, I got some news and notes for all of you. I got a lot to talk about on the back end of the show. That's how we do it these days. Back end of the show, I'll give you some news and notes, talk about the schedule to come for the weekend. But let me tell you who's on today's show. Later in the program, we're going to hear from Rose Namajunas coming off her amazing win over Zhang Wei Li on Saturday night. She's the new strawweight champion, first female in UFC history to win the same title on two separate occasions. Always a great chat with her. We'll talk to Dustin Poirier about the trilogy fight, his first interview since the fight was made official, what happened with Connor and the donation, all that drama, fighting him on July 10th once and for all. The one to decide it, they're locked at one apiece. So we'll talk to DP about all of that. But first, I spoke to Jorge Masvidal after the fight. You know, he did the interview in the cage, didn't do any media afterwards. And to me, it's always fascinating when you get a chance to talk to someone who lost a big fight just a couple of days prior. Those are sometimes the more interesting interviews than the winner interviews because, you know, they're a little bit more uh, humble and introspective and all this stuff. And this interview with uh, with Jorge was no different. I have the utmost respect for fighters who are willing to speak about a heartbreaking loss hours, if not days, after the loss. Not everyone does that. The special ones do. I respect them greatly. I respect Jorge Masvidal for sitting down and talking about everything that happened against Kamaru Usman on Saturday. So without further ado, here is my interview with the one and only game-bred Jorge Masvidal. All right. 
It's great to talk to Jorge Masvidal, less than two days removed from UFC 261 in Jacksonville. Say what you will about this, man. Obviously, it didn't go his way on Saturday night, but he shows up and he faces the music and, and answers all the questions. And I appreciate that more than he knows. So thank you so much for the time, Jorge. Thank you for doing this. And first off, I just want to ask, how, how are you feeling? Obviously, uh, a tough night seeing you get knocked out like that. Not something we're accustomed to seeing physically. How are you feeling? Physically, fine. I feel great. It's uh, there's no like bruises. Obviously, it wasn't that long of a fight, so I don't have like no bumps and bruises. Um, my jaw is good. It's just like he hit the perfect off button and then followed through right on it. You know, I think even before I hit the floor, I was already like good and uh, good in the sense of like I was hurt. You know, um, to the point where my legs just went out. And this has never happened in my whole career, so it just it makes me appreciate the knockout. Like I look at it, and I'm like, wow, perfect timing. That misleading is, I thought he was going in for a shot. When I realized it wasn't a shot, it was too late. I was throwing my check left hook, but it was already too late. I read I read the information wrong, so he sold it to me beautifully. And, and that's why he got those results. And gosh, it, it, like of that moment right there, I am a fan, you know, because I love the sport so much. It's just beautiful technique. You are a fan of his because he knocked you out. No, I'm a fan of that particular moment. That gotcha. If he gotcha. keeps doing that, then yeah, he will make me a fan, you know, because... um. I just love the violence. That's why I love this sport. I just love the, the beautiful math and science that it takes to produce that violence, you know? And I could have sworn at that moment, my initial read was he's going for a shot. Nope, he changed it up. It was a straight right hand. And it's, it's, it's why we all love this sport. It's so captivating. It's, it's amazing. Anything could happen at any moment, you know? So I asked you, how are you feeling physically? And, and clearly you're okay. What about emotionally? This was obviously a really big deal for you to finally win that title. We talked about it before the fight, 18 years in the game, 50th pro fight. How are you handling it two days later? It definitely hurts, but it doesn't hurt me so much. Like, um, to me, it's like, damn, I, I kind of been there, done that. You know, that's why I could like, uh, I could handle this moment a lot better, but it just hurts to see my family. Those that like are invested into me like that more than me, myself, I am, um, that hurts, you know, like I live with my dad and uh, and my coach, you know, so like um, they've been waiting. They've been like patient with me. And today's I was making the, the walk down my long hallway, which felt like forever long because I had like a sixth sense. Like I felt like maybe I was running into an ambush at some point, you know, because you can imagine my dad and my coach have been just like plotting all for like two days, just talking, you know, and like um, I'm getting near the end of this corridor and I'm like, I'm going to get ambushed. <laughs> feel it, man, something's going to happen. And I go, I say, uh, I say yeah, hi to my dad and I say hi to my coach. And they're like, they give me a look and they're like, one of them kind of acts busy. And uh, I turn around, I go about my day before I know it, bam, they're both in my face. Huh. And it's get them time, you know? And um, as much as it hurts, there's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why I've gotten so far, you know? And I, and I, was, I just think in my head, like, man, if anybody was to hear, like, the way that they, uh, they, um, banter with me and talk with me, they'd get like canceled culture all over, you know, because what they say to me is pretty crazy, you know, that is what's got me. That's what's always motivating me. Um, somebody like that, just being hundred percent honest with me, just shooting it from the hip. And that's what my dad does. And nobody cares about me more than my dad, my mom, you know, same thing with my coach. They're the ones that care the most about me. So there are, there were definitely some bad moments and some good moments that came out of that fight. I'm just ready for, for what's next, you know? Uh, in a PC way, can you share what your dad said? Like, is he mad at you? Is he disappointed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's mad. You know, he's uh he's upset. You know, and but not because of the not because of the performance, just because 
he don't want to see that happen to me no more, you know. He knows at one point my head movement was very good, certain things. So he gets like, like extra about it. So um, we're gonna switch a couple of things up. We're gonna we're gonna play with the formula a little bit more and just keep pushing and go for go for as hard as I can. You know, my dad is is my. I couldn't fight without my dad's approval. You get me? Like if he was to tell me like, man, how much you doing no more? I'd be like, all right, we're walking away. But he's still giving me that, man. You could do this. You could win the title. You just need to switch up a couple more things. You need to do this, this, and this, along with my coach. You know, so it's coming from a, from my dad's side, kind of emotional, kind of not, and from my coach, all the all the things that uh, changes that he thinks we could do to go for another run at it. You know, because um, I love this sport. And I can't retire without the belt, man. I'm stubborn. I just want to give it as much as I can. Again, I'm 36 years old. I still feel good. I still could push myself at the gym and and not be um overwhelmed even by the young guys. So why not give it another run? You know. Did you underestimate his power? I wouldn't say that we underestimated his power, you know, because going into the fight, do I say this guy couldn't hurt me? I, we still have a very healthy fear of anybody that has two hands. So it wasn't that I underestimated his power. I Maybe w- what I really didn't do is give him enough credit to make those advancements from the first fight to this fight to be able to, to produce that type of power, you know. So my hands were up and I was at a distance, but... I was more more focused that we were going to be a lot like the first fight where he was going to be bull rushing in. I was going to catch him up and be able to shook him off me. So that's why my left hand was a little bit low in anticipation of catching me. It's not because I wasn't respecting him. It was more, I was more ready for a wrestling exchange, you know, more times than not with him, especially going into the second, you know, where I started to feel that uh, that he might start wanting to wrestle now more, you know. So, um, man, hats off to him, man. He just picture perfect, you know. How did you feel going into the second round? Like, how did you feel about what happened? The, the, the first round was close. Ultimately, I gave him a slight edge, but it was close. Um, you guys had great moments each. Confidence-wise, how did you feel going into the second? I felt great. When, when we got into the, you know, I, I know it wasn't like a blowout of my part or nothing, but we got into a wrestling exchange where um, the, the takedown that he got off of flying knee, he timed it perfectly. I, I just missed my niche and immediately he swarmed me, didn't give me space for anything, took me down. Didn't give me many options there. And when I got up, though, and uh, we were wrestling and I was able to get away from him, I felt like I didn't waste a lot of energy to get up. And usually with, uh, like, good good grabber, like, let's say, Maya or, or a guy like uh, Usman, like good wrestlers, you waste a certain amount of energy to get away. They kind of, like, you know, makes you, makes you lose a little bit of sting. I felt I got away from him very efficiently. And that felt very good, you know. That's why I, I mounted off like a little bit of attack on him. See where he was at, and I was like, I'm I'm ready to wrestle for five rounds and very, very hard. I didn't feel like he'd even hold me up against the fence at this point because I, I thought he was fresh and we we're both dry. So I know he's gonna be trying to stick me up against the fence if he can now. So I just felt like um man, I'm ready to wrestle five rounds hard. But right then at the same time, I should have made that switch, like keep the hands up. Let's let's you know, I should have been doing like these switches. I was still thinking. His primary, his his number one um, objective is going to be to wrestle, which it clearly wasn't, you know, and, and it was showing because it's it's not like he just switched it up. He gave me signs of it in the first round. He tagged me like two or three times, and I didn't make that switch. Like, hey, let's go. It's a stand-up fight. Let's keep these hands up. Let's move our head and uh, keep our head in the game. You know, I, I really uh, hats off to him for that, for those changes. I don't know if he was practicing those changes right after the fight with me and him the first time or if he started doing these four weeks ago. So either way, my hat's off to him just for the preparation and and stuff and the camps, the coaches as well, you know, everybody involved in that process. One thing that I wondered um, in the aftermath was, in hindsight, 
did it actually hurt you that you fought him back in July and the fight went the way it did because maybe you were expecting that sort of game plan as opposed to full camp, this fight, and, and I'm not trying to do any built-in excuses here, but because it was so different, and I think he's improved a lot since going to Trevor Whitman, that it kind of gave you a false sense of security because of how the first fight went. Um, does, it, does that make sense? All I can say is hats off to, to him and his mm-hmm. family. Just wasn't okay. expecting that. Good stuff. What did he say to you uh, after the fight in the cage, and what did you say to him? It looked like you guys embraced and said a few things. If nobody caught it on tape, okay, I'll just leave it between two men just sharing words, you know, and, and stuff like that, you know. Just uh, if somebody has it on tape, then they'll put it out and whatever, or if Usman shares it. But just between two men talking, you know, um, I definitely want to fight. I, I definitely want to get back in there, uh, get as many fights as it takes. Like, I shouldn't even mention his name because the guy's probably bored of beating me already. But I definitely would like to run it with Usman as crazy as that sound at some point. No time soon, right, because I know I got to do these fights pull off as many fights as he's going to take, but um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take some time off. Obviously, this is my first KO ever, so uh, my father, much like my coach, said, we're going to take our time. We're going to go slow. We're going to um, figure some things out, you know, and then come right back. But then once I get back, I'm going to stay at, you know, pull off a good amount of fights, wins, whatever, and, and do what I love to do, which is compete in the sport of MMA. And if God grants me the chance to go for that title one more time, I'm going to give him my auto to finally get that damn belt and go to sleep uh, safe at night. You know? So, so this hasn't deterred you from your ultimate dream because you've been open about how much that belt means to you and, and your family. You don't feel like, Oh man, you know, you don't go back home the and honest, say, you want the honest truth. Yeah. Like this. Look, I went like this. I, I skipped a beat, man. I thought about some foul shit for a little bit, you know, like, damn. Yikes, this and that. But, um, you know, you, your mind could be weak at those moments at its weakest. But it was only for about maybe minutes to an hour until I, I spoke to, to those people that I trust the most in, in the world. And they were like, no, you, you still got the juice. The drip is still there. You just have to arrange this and that. And, and also you got to win this over, you know. It's not like they're, they're not saying that it's forever there or nothing. What, what my, my coach and those closest to me, right, were saying is that Go out there in the next fight and prove that I still got it, basically. Like, giving me another chance to go out there and show me what you got, because I still believe in you. And if that's the case, I still believe in them. So I can't wait till the next one. Uh, when you say you skip there for a second, are, are you referring to retirement? Like, did you think about retiring for a second? Yeah, several things about retirement or could I get the belt? Like, because if I'm, like, going for the belt, what am I doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm mm-hmm. not just you're fighting a fight either. I'm just going to be number one, you know? So it's, it's like all those questions come into hand. And then, um, but it was just for like, like I said, just skip the beat and it kept going according to plan. Uh, he was asked afterwards about uh, the extra shots on the ground. And, and he said to steal a phrase from you that they were super necessary. Did you hear that? And, and if, sh- if so, what did you think when you heard that? I think I, obviously it's, it's done on me. But I love it. That's this is why I love this sport. You know, t- taking me outside, making me just uh, an entity that I'm watching, and I'm thinking, this is a guy that does it to everybody, and that has done it in a very brutal way. Now it got done to him. You gotta love this sport because I'm telling you, in this sport there is no god. It's just man versus man, and man is not perfect. Anything can happen. You know, so that's why I love this game. That's why everybody around the world loves this game. It's 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 beautiful, poetic mathematical scientific it's it's just insane it's an adventure every time it's, it's crazy man um 
I never would have thought he would do that to me. Out of all the animals I fought in the stand-up world, guys that make their money off stand-up, it hasn't happened to me. Now it does. So it's it's what this game is. MMA, I love it. Um, obviously, losing the the title fight and on this stage and the knockout hurt. But does it hurt more because it's him? Like you know, obviously, it looked like you guys were not on good terms, and there was a lot of bad blood there. Does it sting because it's him, or perhaps? has your respect for him grown even more and, and you don't feel the same way about the guy than you did maybe a few weeks ago, a few months ago? The, this thing hurts. If you've seen my career, just it hurts because I'm not an easy guy to hit and I've never been finished. Um, first time in the UFC that I've ever been finished in eight, nine years that I've been competing. So it's, it's like that is more hurtful than who did it or what did it or this did it. Obviously, the me and him have problems. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like certain things he said about me mentioning the religion and stuff like that. But um. That's water under the bridge, you know. Don't uh, we don't we don't touch on those subjects, and we're good, you know. And it definitely made me respect him more that he that he came to give a fight, that he came to fight, you know. And that's what a fight is like: either slamming people on the necks, trying to submit them, or punch your face in. We're trying to punch him in the face and knock him out, and that's what he came for. So definitely, again, respect. Does it suck that it that it came on on my end that I had to um, bite that bullet? Of course, but you know, it's it's what the sport is about, man. I respect him for that, for coming with that. That manliness to fucking finish the fight and give every motherfucking fan what they want. In the aftermath, uh, we've seen your your foes, Colby Covington and Leon Edwards, take shots at you, calling you all kinds of things. What did you make of their comments? I got plenty of groupies, and it just goes to show you whether I win or lose, them is always going to be calling me up. Them is always going to be on my dick, you know what I mean? So it's like, I love my groupies, you know? If you can exclude yourself, do you see anyone at 170 who can beat this version of... Kamar Usman? It's a fight. It's mm-hmm. the fight game. That's what's awesome, you know. There was people that were just saying, there's no way Rose could beat Wei Lee. And mm-hmm. there was a few people, or it seemed like that. I was, I, I'm, uh, I was going for Rose. Um, if, it seemed like there was more Wei Lee fans, maybe, you know. At least to the people I was talking to. Um, and it's like, you see, it's MMA. It's, it's an amazing sport. They could be f- severe dominance, and they could also be this crazy mixture of craziness like Rose winning that night gives me inspiration that I could still do big things because just recently she had lost to um Andrade and, yeah. and I look how that table turns you know it's just crazy the sport of MMA it's, it's so violent it's insane um God bless Chris Weidman because he just suffered one of like the worst injuries ever but it's crazy because he had given out that injury you know so it's just you know God bless uh, Anderson Silver when he got over that injury right like oh how do these guys keep fighting after that it's nuts but it's just, and then it happened to both of them, you know, it's, yeah. it's the sport of MMA. It's nuts. You know, it's, it's hard to like see your eyes through the zoom because of the light and everything. But I want to ask you, you come across right now to me as emotional. Uh, it feels like you are in an emotional state. Like usually we're used oh, to this. Ho- have you cried over the last 48 hours? Um, no, I do got some allergies right now. No, but definitely cry. Like I like to cry I, by myself. I won't like cry with people and stuff. I also cry with my dad. I'm like, he like gave me a certain look and I was like, oh, I put my hands up initially. I was like, that hurt, you know? And then he like hugs me and gave me like a little shot, you know? And like, it's cool, but it's cool, man. You, you, you've had setbacks throughout your career. Yeah, yeah. Does this I one sting the most? Plenty of setbacks. Um, there's some fights where, you know, you're like, man, I got this one. I got this one. And certain things happen. Like when Toby Mata submitted me with a reverse triangle, I had been in that position many times in, in, in the position where his legs were around my neck. But against a lot of wrestlers and college wrestlers, they would use that to, like, create a stalemate for the whistle to be blown. And I never 
gave that position because I hadn't gone with a lot of judo guys at that point that would apply that move that would put people to sleep because in judo, it was allowed to put a guy to sleep in wrestling, in uh, collegiate wrestling, like high school wrestling. They don't use that move for that. They use it to like, to either maybe create a stalemate or, or get out of there. You know, they're not like scoring offensively, putting guys to sleep. So to the first time they don't got in that position with a judo guy, I want to sleep. I was like, damn, that sucks. A lot of learning to do. I hit the mats, learned every setup that it could lead to that position, meaning how to get into that position, how to get out of that position and absorbed it as much as I could, you know, um, several now I can't take it like personal. I gotta, I gotta go into the mats. I gotta go into the gym. I gotta break down the film. I gotta see what exactly led to this. Was there a way of fixing it or have I lost my reflex? All, all these questions come up and I got to address them on the next fight. You know? So you said you want to take some time off. Obviously that sure. makes sense in a perfect world. When do you think you return? I don't know. I'm not sure that some uh, to my parents, my my parents, my dad, my coach, my mom. So yeah, my parents. Uh, and, Do you think you fight dad. again this year? Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely fight again this year for a fight. I have to. I gotta fight this year. Bro. Why? Because I want to. I, as it was, if it wasn't for the suspension and this knockout, I would have been fighting three to four times this year. Right. You know, something that I wanted to do. I just I, I wanted to compete a lot. I still want to compete a lot this year, but obviously, um, circumstances. So if I can at least get one fight this year, I'll be happy. If I can pull off two, which is doubtful, I'd be cool. Is there a name that comes to mind that makes sense? Have you allowed yourself to think of that yet? No, because I, I just I want to call out whoever I think will, will I'll be able to actually fight. And I don't know what the landscape will look like when I'm clear to fight, you know, and all that stuff. So I'll wait and somebody will arise and I'll take that somebody on. There's no one in the back of your mind. There's there's several people, but I don't want to give nobody no shine until this time. The one guy that was brought up a lot uh, was a guy who was in attendance on Saturday, the older brother of a former foe of yours, Nick Diaz. Definitely Nick is a stud. Um, Nick wants to throw down. I'm, I'm more than eager to throw down. You know, Like I said, I'm going to do it at my time. I'm not going to take no short notice fights. I don't care who it is. I'm not going to do that right now. But if Nick does want to fight towards the end of this year, what could I say, man? I'm here. You wanna, you wanna do right for your brother? Let's go. You know, I heard a lot of interviews that he wasn't uh, too keen on what I did to his little brother. Neither would I. You know, I feel for for Nick in that situation. I know what I'd want to do if somebody did that to my little brother. So let's go. You know. Well, coming up next for you, uh, June 25th, to be exact. Yes. The uh, the debut. Yes. of Game Bread Fighting Championships and you have uh, uh, debut I wanted to give my people but yes man um, you know just um, we put this show together I get hit up on the DM a lot for opening fights and this and that and really it came um, when I was like in Colombia I uh, I was there right now ended up doing like a little retreat and, and teaching some of the kids and they were asking me constantly 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 when are you going to put a fight show on you got to put a fight show on It'd be great if you could do a fight show right now. And I was already thinking I wanted to do a fight show back home, but I just don't want to do it back home. I want to take it all over the world and just give somebody just like me this opportunity. One day be on your show after he went for a belt and things like that and just give that shine back the same way Kimball gave it to me. It just it has to go full circle. So why not me go out there, put on these shows, somebody comes through, becomes a star, man, run with it, take off, you know, change your life. And you're teaming up with the, uh, the legend Anuel. Who yeah. was who walked you out? Yeah, as yeah. well. Where did yeah. that relationship come from? Um, over UFC video games, man. And this guy's 
this guy's good, man. You wouldn't think he's a success. I can't beat him. I, and I've beaten a lot of uh, pretty decent players in this game. This guy's actually good at this game. Um, so, yeah, we were, we were over video games. We just woke my ass and then we were talking. And uh, and we we figured it out. We, we pointed out, man. So I want to find the baddest motherfuckers out there. And he wants to find him as well. So we're like, hell yeah. He's going to outfit all the fighters. I don't think no other promotion besides the UFC has a, a deal like that where they have an official sponsor. Obviously, we can't pay UFC money, but we're definitely going to try to do these guys right because I was once a fighter, so I want to I wanna take care of the guys better than the next company will, you know, because I know what it's like. You know, I don't want to soften them up either. I'm not going to be giving out money because it is a fight game, but uh, I definitely want to hook these guys up. Well, I hope you see, you say you were once a fighter. You are still a fighter and you're still a well, beloved you know fighter. I, mean? I was once. Uh, yeah, the up and comer. Yeah, the up-and-coming fight yeah. is a different fighter, you know? Yep, yep, yep. It's hungry that doesn't know where the next fucking meal is coming from. They don't know if they got to get a job in Publix for nine months to a year to, to make the ends meet, or they're going to pull off enough fights that they can make a living off fighting and not have to do nothing else. So it's a very interesting stage in life, and um, I just want to give that love back, you know? Last question for you, Jorge, and again, uh, thank you so much for the time. Uh, everyone says all the right things going into fights, but now that it's over... Is there anything that you can say, I wish this went differently, the camp, banged up, anything at all? Or was this truly, you know, the perfect camp, all this stuff, and it just wasn't your night? Um, camp was fine. I mean, things were, were, were good. The only thing, if, if, uh, the only thing, if I could cheat and go back in time and tell me, this me right now here, tell the other guy, I whisper in his ear very calmly, and I would just say, Keep your left hand up, you know, and that's it, you know. Just keep your hands up because it, at the end of the day, it is a fight between two individuals. And we fought for 25 minutes before, and I didn't I didn't feel the sting of his punches there, you know. But also he came with a very different mindset last time. So maybe he wasn't putting 100% of his energy in the first fight around and trying to get me out of there, you know. That's something that we, we didn't really pan him into the, the, the formula as much. I had a very healthy fear, so I was chin is down. I'm trying to make punches. But uh, like I said, perfect game plan execution, you know, and the commitment to, to do it too, to pull the trigger on it. That's what makes me a fan of that instant that moment. So a lot of people might be thinking, man, if I commit to this punch like that and he sees it, he can count on me and put my ass out and I'm the wrestler trying to strike and all these like negative factors could have gone into his head and they did it. And that's what makes me a fan of like those moments of, of like that period. That's why I love the sport so much because you have to gamble to be at its highest level, meaning that you have the belt, the fans love you and this and that. you got to get when you got to be a fighter, you know? Well, I'm glad to hear you're okay, Jorge. I appreciate more than you know that you would do this. Thank you for- American for Top Team, I love you. All my team is that American Top Team that are let down. Ah, I mean, let down because I wanted that belt for us, man. American yeah. Top Team is my home, my gym, my temple. Love those guys on there. Gosh, bro, I really want to bring that belt back to my coaches. Every single coach, even the ones that I work with, and the teammates, and just have another one and just have the big meetings that we be having, hanging out after, you know, Burns, uh, Tobalino Hernandez, Mike Brown, Jesus Gallo. Love those guys. I want to thank them so much for for um, for in the short camp. They, they put together the best game plan that we could, and we came forward, you know. I just love it. This is a great journey. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jorge. Be well, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Amen. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers. 
roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Let's say hello now to a man who will be competing on July 10th in Las Vegas. Highly anticipated trilogy fight against Conor McGregor. Main event, T-Mobile, capacity crowd. You know him, El Diamante himself, the one and only Dustin Poirier, who, of course, has been in the news as of late. Dustin, good to talk to you. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, all right, so there's a lot to discuss. The fight is a done deal. Uh, we know it's going down July 10th. I'm just curious, leading into... Your last fight, which happened in January, there was a lot of drama. You know, are you fighting this guy? Are you fighting that guy? Contract this guy. This time around to make the trilogy, it was very clear he wanted it. It seemed like you wanted it as well. Was it a little less drama filled? Yeah, I think uh, we, we kind of knew. I mean, I felt like I knew immediately after that fight. We're one and one. A guy like Connor wants to try to get the win back. It's a big fight. I thought that this is a direction the UFC would go and Connor would want to go. So it kind of just came together like I thought it would. When they announced that on May 15th, Charles Oliveira would be fighting Michael Chandler for the vacant title, the entire MMA community was very upset on your behalf. They felt like you were wronged here. They felt like you should have been fighting for a title. Could you tell us from your perspective, how did that all go down? Did they come to you first and offer you this before the, uh, the Connor fight? Yeah, they offered me uh, Charles Oliveira May 15th in Houston. And you said you'd rather the Connor fight? Yeah, I just feel like, uh, you know, planning out my career, this trilogy means a lot um, to, to me personally, but also to, to mixed martial arts, I feel. And, you know, my, my personal goal is, is to beat Connor again, and then I'm still the number one contender, fight for the championship wrap gold around my waist, you know, just a beautiful story. And uh, like I've always said, I'm not, I'm not scared to take, to take different routes or go through the grind. It's just what it is. And it's business. And that's the, that's the decisions I've made and I stand by them and uh, I'm excited about the future, man. And so um, is there any part of you that was hoping once Habib made his decision official once the UFC accepted it that they would give you the title because I think you alluded to that right like you said that you felt like you were the lightweight champion after the Connor fight so was that something that you were hoping for and maybe disappointed that didn't happen you know I, I say stuff to get people going and, and just to have fun but uh at the end of the day I can't say that I'm the lightweight champion right now am I the number one guy is there not a champion in the division yes do I feel like I'm the best in the world at 155 pounds yeah but I would never want to be handed something that I didn't earn. And I know you can go back to my first fight in the UFC and say, well, I did pay my dues and I have fought the best. And maybe I did earn the position I'm in, but I'm not the world champion. I have to beat the champion to be the world champion. So I would never want them to hand me something. You know, I don't want something I didn't um, earn. And I, I would rather the title be vacant and up for grabs 
I, I wouldn't want to be handed a belt. Okay. Um, and, and you said just moments ago, this fight is really important to you. It's important to, uh, to mix martial arts. You said it's, it means a lot to me. Why, why does it mean so much to you? You know, just, um, the, the growth through my mixed martial arts journey and my, my life fighting kind of that first time when I was a little bit, um, more heated in the moment and cared too much and thought and overread and overthought everything to come back and then beat the guy on a big stage. I feel like we owe it to each other. You know, we owe it to each other to, to go in there one more time at both of our best and, and see what happens and see who the better fighter is and uh, see who can execute the game plan and, and, and get their hand raised. We owe it to each other. And, and that's just what I believe. And it's part of my career. And it's going to, at the end of the, of this journey, that's going to be a huge, a huge deal. Has life dramatically changed since you beat him in January? Can, can you say that? Is that a fair thing to say or, or not so much? It's crazy because no, you, it's, it's things have changed for sure. The celebrity and, and power that Connor has, I don't know if people, I mean, a lot of people do realize that, but you go out there and you knock a guy out like that. It's like, I've been fighting for 14 years. And then overnight you have one performance like that and everything changed, changes. Things start to line up. Opportunities are, are, are more open. And, uh, you know, your phone, my phone hasn't stopped ringing. It's, it's been a whirlwind since, since January 24th. It's been, you know, opportunity after opportunity, um, offer after offer. It's just things did change for sure, business-wise. Okay. And in a good way, like this is all good. I mean, it's like a good problem to have. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you want those things, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you want you want those. So one of the themes going into the second fight was the relationship between you two. It seemed like you guys, you know, kumbaya. You guys were, you know, talking about charities and all this stuff, shaking hands, exchanging gifts. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like the vibe has changed a little bit. Um, and and I'll ask you about your tweet talking about the charity and at the time, the, the lack of donation. Could you tell us your side of the story? I, I haven't heard it in any kind of media. Um, what happened there? Cause I think you said that you reached out a couple of times where there was no, there was no uh, response after the fight about the donation that he pledged to the good fight foundation, the 500,000, what happened from your perspective? You no, know, we are past that. And I don't want to keep the, the, the whole thing, like with my tweet, um, <clears throat> After I said that, like my, my apology was more for, it was for me because I felt like I attached my foundation, something me and my wife have worked so hard to get where it's at to something negative. I don't want that cloud hanging above it. And I, I attached it to negativity because of a personal thing going on. And when I'm the president of the foundation and the voice of it, I, I can't do those type of things. Hindsight's 2020. So looking back on it, I'm like, damn, I, you know. But that's one of the things in my career and in life. When I make mistakes, I, I can own up to them and, and learn and try to be more mature and grow. And that's what life's about. And that's what fighting's about. But looking back on it, I, I felt bad for attaching my charity to some, so a negative energy like that. And uh, I, sh I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, I, I still stand by. I, 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 I didn't say anything untrue. You know what I mean? Like, I still stand by everything that happened. Um, since then, Connor has donated $500,000 to the Boys and Girls Club of Acadiana. And that's so incredible, man, because at the end of the day, helping the community, helping people in need, it was, was the mission and goal from the jump. When I, was, when I used to auction eBay stuff before I had the foundation, whenever we used to do small things in the community, it's always been the goal. So at the end of the day, charity wins. You know what I mean? It's uh, mission accomplished. 
I see a lot of people that want to attach negativity and say that that was a slap in the face or this, this and that stuff when it comes to the donation. Connor didn't donate it to my charity, but it's not my money. It's the people's money. I don't know why people think that or where they get that from, but charity wins at the end of the day. So it's great. You know, I'm very thankful. And it wasn't a slap in the face. It was a high five because the people in the community are going to win. You know, there's a great organization. They do big things and it's going to help a lot of kids out. Uh, I saw on the, um, the, the Instagram page of that uh, Boys and Girls Club, um, which is based, I, I th- is that part of Lafayette? Arcade, uh, uh, how do you pronounce it? Arcadiana? Arcadi- Arcadiana. Acadiana. Yeah, so that's like uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of Acadiana, I believe they have six locations. Okay. So that's like, um, yeah, Acadiana is the Cajun country of Louisiana, Lafayette. More to that point, I just want to say I, I noticed that you and the Good Fight Foundation liked the, the post. So it didn't seem like you were upset about it or anything like that. I, I saw that you liked it on, on Instagram. Um, and I have also seen people say like, oh, you know, he, he didn't donate to Dustin, but you feel like this is mission accomplished. Like you're, you don't care where the money went is what you're saying. You're just happy that he falls through on his pledge. Right, right. As long as it goes to good. And that's a great, you know, organization. They do big things actually for the Connor fight. We teamed up with them and uh, used my platform building up to that fight to raise money for the, the same exact boys and girls club of Acadiana for their project learn initiative. So we just teamed up with them and, and we believe in what they're doing. So it's great. No, it's a, it's a win for charity. It's a win for the good fight. You know, not not so much my foundation, but just in general, we're all fighting the good fight. And that's where the money goes to. It's not my money. It's the people's money. And if, as long as it goes there, I know they're going to do great things with it. Families are going to benefit. Children are going to benefit and, and everybody wins. So it's great. Uh, you did talk about some big plans that you had for the money leading up to the second fight. How does this change those plans? We still have some opportunities there. Um, a really good buddy of mine offered some some land for us to in the future, put together a gym. And, uh, you know, that's still something I want to do with my foundation when the time's right and when things work out. But right now we're, we're going to keep pushing forward for this next fight with Connor. We teamed up with uh, Justin Wren again with uh, Fight for the Forgotten. Also Manny Pacquiao is joining in with the Pac-Man Foundation. And we're going to do big things back in Uganda where we raised a bunch of money during the Khabib uh, buildup and bought land and, and water wells there. We're going to go back and uh, start building housing. So I'm excited about that. And, and that's all I want to do, man, is just, just keep spreading the good and using my platform. And we're, we are doing that. After the initial tweet came out, um, he said that he was going to move on from the fight. And even Dana White admitted recently after the fight was made official that it looked like the fight was on shaky ground for a second. From your perspective, was it ever in jeopardy? I think it, I think it was. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it was. Were you worried about that? I mean, if it fell apart, it kind of sucks because, like I said, I, I think this means a lot. But at the end of the day, I'm still the number one contender. Okay. So, yeah, it would have sucked if it did fall apart. But, I mean, it's out of my hands. So, uh, last thing on all of this, if you could do it again, you wouldn't have put that out there? You regret doing that? Yeah, I still, like I said, I still stand behind everything. Yeah. I, did, I, I would never make something up that wasn't true. But, uh, but, but casting a negative light on my foundation or, or just attaching it to something negative, personally, those opinions, like, I just, it just wasn't good looking back. As, mm-hmm. as, as the voice of a foundation, I just, you know, feel like it wasn't good. Do you suspect that the buildup now to this fight as we get a little closer, obviously it's still, you know, uh, two and a half months away. 
do you, do you suspect that it will be different this time that it'll be a little more like the first fight? It seems that way. We'll <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> we'll do you welcome that? Dude, I welcome everything. I welcome the good, the bad. I'm, I'm just a different person and I'm okay with it. It's out of my control. That's what I've learned over those years. It's like, I can control what I can and what I can, I can't. So there's no reason to really stress about those things. Um, when it's all said and done, we're going to get locked in a cage for 25 minutes. The better man's going to get his hand raised and then on to the next thing. So, and, and honestly, dude, that's the only part about fighting. I just feel like even talking about this stuff over the years and watching the fans reactions, the only thing I love about the fight game anymore is the fight itself. Cause that's the only, I feel like that's the only real part of it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a fashion show. It's a facade. It's, it's opinions. It's painting any picture you want for the masses to believe. And it's all fake. A lot of it's fake. And, uh, but, the, but the beautiful thing is the fight is still real and that's mm-hmm. what I love. So. Uh, you have said uh, recently that uh, you kind of threw it out 170. You said we did 145, 155, 170. Why, why did you throw that out there? Why was that of interest? Look at these things, Sarah. <laughs> How much does you weigh right now? How does that answer weigh? the question? It does. Um, it does. <laughs> uh, I was a 178. Okay. So do you today. think inevitably? I started, I started like a pre-camp. Um, I would say... Dude, the, the level of these fights and the level that I push my body to at the end of training camp, the shape I show up in to fights now is uh, I have to do, I have to get in shape before I go to South Florida to, to get in shape. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I have to train before the training starts and I'm always training year round, but like I, I recently I started dieting before I even leave for training camp just to get a, a step ahead. Next week I'm heading out to South Florida and I'm going to stay there until the fight. Wow. So I'm just prep, prepping my body. Is that... Is that earlier than usual or is that around the same time as, as usual that you'd go out there? It may be like a, I would say a week or so earlier, but I have done longer camps. You know, I did a 12 week camp when I was going to fight Anthony Pettis. Um, but eight, eight weeks is about the average. And I think this one will be like nine and a half. So perfect time, you know, do you think it's inevitable before your career is done that you will be a, a Walter White? Is that something you want? I mean, you know, honestly, knowing the landscape of the guys, being around them so long and training with welterweights, I know, I know how big these guys are. And, um, you know, me walking around 178, those welterweights are in the high 90s, 200 pounds. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Speaking of which, your, your teammate, uh, Jorge Masvidal, suffered a tough loss on Saturday. What were your emotions when you saw that? Man, I'm just, uh, he's, he's such a pioneer of the sport and he's helped me out a lot in my career. Just being around guys like him, um, guys like Robbie Lawler in the gym, training next to them, alongside them, helping with camps, them helping me. I just, uh, he's a good dude, man. And he's a hard worker. And I know he busted his ass and was in great shape for that one, but it just shows how good Kamar Usman is, you know, and that anything could happen out there. Um, I thought George is handling this like, like very few could, you know, very mature looking to, to take yourself out of the driver's seat. Like he did. I, I watched a clip of his interview with you and look at it um, as a fan and look at it as he knows how good Usman is because he knows how good he is. He's seen it all and done it all. Um, and, and to get caught like that and set up like that, um, he can respect it. So that's like a, that's powerful to see somebody in that mindset. So I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see him in a few weeks and, and wish him the best, but he's taking it like a champ. 
As far as your fight on July 10th is concerned, do you expect to see a different Connor? Uh, a lot has been made of the stance and all that. Like, do, do you think he's going to throw something completely different at you or do you think he'll be real? And, 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 and here we go again with the, with the, with the MMA show, right? Well, now we're going to see the motivated Connor. We're going to see the, <laughs> the Connor who wasn't getting ready for a boxing match. Right, we're going right. to see a karate stance Connor. Maybe he'll grow his hair. Maybe he'll have a ponytail Connor. <laughs> who gives a shit? It's a fight. I'm going to bust my ass, be prepared and uh, go in there and make things happen. The only reason I ask that is that from a preparation standpoint, like you look, would you watch a lot of film? And if so, like, would you throw out the last fight because he looked a little different or are you, you know, so I, I just talked to Rose and she was telling me how like she studied everything that Zhang does so intricately. So I was just curious, like from your preparation standpoint, how you viewed him. As, as my career has progressed, I've spent less time uh, overthinking fight footage, but I definitely do still watch a good bit and see tendencies. Um, reactions to certain things, the way guys change levels to defend takedowns, the way guys um, throw counter shots, which Connor is very, very dangerous at. Um, so I do look for things like that, but I, I'm not going to overwhelm myself with trying to break everything down and go crazy because I used to do that and it would drive me nuts. It would keep me up at night and I'm just not that guy anymore. Well, you I let my coaches break, break it down and we'll get, a, we'll get a good game plan together and, and that's just it. Will you spar leading up to this fight? Yeah, I spar every every uh, camp. Okay, um, just as much as you did ten years ago. No, no, I used to spar. I mean, a couple of times a week, year round. Now wow. I only do five weeks. I do five weeks at the end of camp. So the first three or four weeks of this training camp is going to be getting timing together, getting my strength and conditioning base underneath me, sharpening up my boxing, kickboxing, my jujitsu, wrestling, just putting everything together. And then five weeks out from the fight, I'll start. I'll start sparring. And how many times a week will you spar? I usually do twice a week. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, I know you watched on Saturday when you saw the crowd and everything, and then you think about like the Vegas crowd and how they'll be on July 10th. Like, were you starting to get, you know, I don't know, a little more hyped up? Like, what were you? I know you guys fought. You you were the first ones essentially to fight in front of a crowd. Well, actually, Max Holloway and Cater were earlier in that week, but you know, for a pay per view. But this is going to be completely different. So, were you thinking of how it will be on July 10th when you saw that crowd in Jacksonville? Like, even for the for the weigh-in seeing clips of uh the weigh-ins and, and seeing the crowd and the, and the reaction it just made me feel different it brought that that feeling back like things might be getting back to normal um you know I'll always have those butterflies kind of going around fight time and I, I can see that in in the energy in the crowd and stuff so it, it's going to be a different a different thing but uh 25 minutes man that's what really matters i was talking to dc um just on uh, on Monday, we were talking about your hot sauce. Um, we, we would like a variety. We, we, we want like a mild, an extra spicy, a medium. Are we going to have more than just one? Is that in the works? So I'm, I'm, uh, we're kind of talking about doing a, a, a spicy version of it. This okay. is very mild. You know, it's in every, every meal kind of sauce. Um, the first one we, we have out. But uh, I might do an extra spicy version. Okay. Uh, that would be nice. We, we, we are interested. You have at least two customers. Uh, speaking of <laughs> Mr. Cormier, recently inducted into the Louisiana High School Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, it seemed like he was trying to, you know, take a little shot at you by uh, letting the world know that he was attending said Hall of Fame. How did you feel about this? I'm happy for him, man. <laughs> well, you know, well earned, deserved. Congratulations, Daniel Cormier, you know. If I would have went to high school, I probably would be there too. So, so that 
you had a handicap. Right. What, what, uh, what grade did you drop out of? Ninth grade. Wow. You didn't make it past ninth grade. No, that's incredible. And look at you now. You don't need no high school sports hall of fame. You got the streets hall of fame. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. Well, that's one he'll have on you, but you got the key to the city, right? I don't think he got that. No, he has a key to the city. Oh, he did. Okay. All right. We wow. changed the locks though. It's I got the new, the new key. Okay, fair enough. Now I'm really going to hear from him for saying that, for, for not knowing that. Uh, dare I ask before I let you go, uh, how do you expect it to, to play out on July 10th? I, I'm going to stop Connor again. July 10th, I'm going to get my hand raised, and I'm going to finish Connor McGregor again. Earlier? Sooner than the, the, the second time? I don't, I don't do all that. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I don't do all that. I just show up ready to scrap, man. Can't wait. Well, thank you, Dustin. I appreciate, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming out and, and uh, not necessarily clarifying or, you know, trying to walk back the, the tweet stuff, but uh, you've always been one to kind of, you know, tell it like it is good or bad. And uh, I don't think a lot of people would have done that, even though most people seem to be in your favor with the whole thing. And I'm glad that it all worked out for the community that, you know, yeah. kids are getting um, an opportunity to, uh, to better their lives. So I think in the end, everyone wins can put this behind us. Uh, and I look forward to what the buildup will be this time. I know you don't like that sort of thing, but uh, you know, all of us do. And uh, it kind of makes for an exciting show come July 10th. So thank you. Thank you for handling it that way and appreciate the time as always. Thanks, Ariel. I appreciate it, man. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let us say hello now to the brand new UFC strawweight champion, the first female in UFC history to win the same title on two separate occasions. She pulled off one of the most beautiful head kick knockouts that you'll ever see on Saturday against Zhang Wei Li. You know who this is. This is Doug Rose herself, Rose Namunis. Rose, thank you so much for this. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, thank you. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it's an amazing thing to see you two years, less than two years removed from losing your title and all the emotion that that brought. And then to see what happened on Saturday, could I just start with, you know, you won the belt once you won it in dramatic fashion against at the time, the person that everyone thought was the greatest draw weight of all time. And now you win it again in dramatic fashion. Can you compare the emotions that you felt the first time you won the belt to the second time? Yeah. Uh, I think I was just more present the second time just because I kind of been there before in a way. Um, and yeah, I was, I just let myself feel, feel the emotions a little bit more as opposed to like what's happening. <laughs> I knew I more aware of what was happening. Would you say that you enjoyed, you enjoyed the experience this time around a little more than the first time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the experience the first time. But yes, I would say that I enjoyed even the like the challenges and the just every every part of it. It was all good. Um, and then you, you have a situation where, like I said, 
you, you, you lose the belt to Jessica and you're emotional about it. And you talk about maybe walking away. If I would have told that Rose in Brazil two years ago, that this would have all panned out like this, would you have believed me? You know, I always knew that I was good at this. So I, if you would have told me that I would, I'd have been like, okay, maybe you're right. And, but I just, I couldn't allow myself to, um, I had to be passionate about it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't fair to me or to my family or anybody watching if I didn't really enjoy doing it. So it didn't matter how good I was and knowing that I could do produce something like that if I wasn't into it. Mm -hmm. You bring out a, a different kind of emotion in people for some reason. I was talking about it with DC on Monday. Um, my theory is, and I'm curious how you feel about this. You are very vulnerable. You, you wear your emotions on your sleeve. You talk about, you know, your, 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 your good and your bad. And I think a lot of people see themselves in you because you're not, you do superhuman things in the cage, but you don't come across as someone who is superhuman. You come across as very relatable. I think women relate to you, men relate to you, people who have struggled relate to you, all kinds of people. And there's a connection that you have with the fans that is not common with other fighters. Do you sense that as well? And why do you think that is? Why do you think people live vicariously through you are so emotionally connected to you and your journey? Um, I think just because today, I think in this world is kind of rare, you know, and I think we're living in a world of social media and things like that. And it's easy to portray yourself as something that you're not, you know, so I think that when somebody is just kind of, you know, admits or is honest, like just, you know, to me, yeah, I I think it's just, I think it's just kind of rare in today's society. Do you sense that as well? Like the outpouring of love that you were seeing? I mean, you could see it on your social media. You could see people talking about, you could see celebrities. Little Wayne is talking about you. I don't know if you saw that (laughs) saying, do you see that? He wants to make a song about you. Like, do you you see that? And and you say to yourself like, wow, this is amazing. Like people really genuinely are happy for me. Right. Right. Um, It definitely, a lot of it does feel genuine, you know, and a lot of it is just like really exciting and um yeah i definitely i definitely noticed that and it's it, it's definitely a really good feeling because um i know i can be a complicated person so <laughs> i can be hard to understand so it's cool to feel um i've never needed people to to fully understand me i've never needed that like to just feel complete as a person but it definitely does feel good to know that um that the majority of people are like all right you're cool with me as opposed to like you know yeah, there's always going to be haters no matter what, you know, no matter if you're whatever, but uh, it, it, it definitely feels good. But it but it's something that is just kind of extra, but and, and it's something that I never needed, but it's, it's definitely appreciated. You feel like people get you now for the most part? Uh, for the most part, you know, I think there's always going to be, you know, this this journey that I'm on, like Pat is right the closest person to it you know and the and the people that are closest to me i think obviously get me even more um but i do feel that people are starting to get it mm-hmm. um yeah. and so you know part of being in the limelight and, and part of the good and bad of social media is it can make you get really really high but also really really low at times right so are, are you trying to stay you know, more <laughs> centered so that you don't you know like you don't like get drunk with all this yeah. love as a, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, too much, 
input, it can be, it can be an information overload. So I'm just trying to process like literally what just happened in the fight. So honestly, like all this stuff that I'm saying right now, <laughs> I could feel totally different. Like five minutes from now, you know what I mean? Do you still feel like you're on a high from Saturday? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. This is gonna be, <laughs> I just, I think last night was like my second night of sleep, you know, but, uh, I still didn't uh, sleep is just, you know, almost non-existent, but like, I didn't, you know, sleep for like 48 hours. Wow. Since the, like, you know, what is going on in your, in your head? Like, why can't you sleep? <laughs> Cause <laughs> adrenaline, man. Like, yeah. you know, um, it's just like the weirdest things that happen, like, uh, going through, uh, a situation like that and, and such a high stakes environment and situation and competition and everything you put into it, six months culminating, not just that, but like my entire life, but like, but yes, like it gets, it just comes to a head and it like everything kind of builds up to this huge peak that once it's over, um, there's so much like, I don't even know like the scientific terms for all of it, but there's so much like biologically chemically happening in your body that, you know, your breast stinks no matter how many times you brush your teeth or, you know what I'm saying? Your, your sweats and your, you know, just everything's off, you know? And, uh, yeah. So it takes a second to like calm yourself. And, and that's why, uh, yeah, that's why I'm realizing that like from this whole experience, I realized that whatever I say really has a lot more emphasis than what I kind of, I knew that, you know, I'm a, I'm a figure and things like that, but I realized that, uh, I have to be very wise with what I say going forward, <laughs> mm -hmm. especially now, you know what I mean? Right. Of course. Yeah. And is, is part of that from what happened with the, the pre-fight comments? Like, are you referring to that? Yeah. 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 You had to, you had to, I mean, you were asked that question, I think in like every single interview, <laughs> right. Was that frustrating? It was, but I was also like prepared for it. So then not really, you know what I okay. mean? And, I'm glad that it happened because it was a huge learning experience for me. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you get a chance to talk to Zhang privately about it? No, she, she never, with all the stuff that was, you know, said in the media from coming from her statements, she never introduced herself to me. She never said hi. Um, there was many opportunities to, you know, say something. Mm -hmm. I always try to shake my hands, opponents, or at least, you know what I mean? Unless if I really just don't like them or something. But so that was very strange to me to say that, you know, she was interested in being friends and wanted to invite me, you know, for a sleepover in China, but not even saying, not even, you know, hey, what's up, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. So that was very strange and kind of at the time sort of rubbed me the wrong way, but I tried to not like look too far into it and just whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. even in the aftermath nothing nothing no okay but even like to the build-up like the whole fight week, yep, you know yep 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 yeah um when you thought about the fight and envisioned how it would play out did that scenario come to mind like such an early finish that came to mind um i always know that i can finish a fight in any moment so i never i never like say oh yeah it's gonna be right here and there are you know there's certain moments where i think maybe uh, there's more likely of a likelihood of something to happen in a finish. Um, but that particular technique we worked on, I, you know, uh, that was, that was definitely part of the game plan. And I knew that that was a, a vulnerability that she had, um, Pat's, uh, 
been to China. He's kickboxed there for a long time and, uh, you know, in his early days. And a lot of his knockouts came from left high kick over there. So, yeah, and it's just something that we, we had worked on. So there's left high kicks and there's left high kicks when you're coming inside her guard. And like, that is super yeah. rare. Like that is high yeah. level stuff, the, the accuracy that you must have. And that is something like that wasn't a coincidence, right? You, you, you meant to do that. That is something that you saw in her game that you can actually attack. Oh yeah. The, everything, everything was set up from all the, all the movement. And yeah, it was perfectly executed game plan. Um, you know, there was other things that we, that was part of the game plan, but that was definitely one of the main things. Um, do you like, what, what does she do that allows you or gives you the confidence that you could come in like that, as opposed to on the outside? Because like I said, that's not something that we often see, like, is her guard too open? Like, what did you see from her that made you think that this was an opening for you going into the fight? Um, I don't know. I just kept seeing it in my head and something that I would land in practice. And, um, it's one of those things where there's like multiple calculations going on all at once. And to put it into just, this is the one thing that I seen. Um, there's so many things that I see just by her movement. I mean, even just the way she like, you know, um, kind of moves out of the way. Like she does that little, like weird hip thing, you know, like that Sanchai does. And, um, I mean, yeah, I just, like all of her, all of her tendencies, I, I study, you know, I know, I don't know her, but I do know, I think a lot about her, you know, okay. or I have, I, I feel like my calculations were pretty spot on. They're all theories. Right. And then you go into the fight and you test them out. Um, and I, I was right. Um, one thing that I saw on Twitter, I want to give a shout out to the person who I saw it from, not to, to steal the idea, a guy on Twitter named Kaposa, uh, who's a brilliant mind, uh, posted like a series of pictures where like you looked, you looked down and then you went high. Do you do that on purpose? Is that like part of yeah. the, setting it up? Really? Wow. Amazing. Yeah, we uh, actually Pat Pat worked on that with me a lot. Yeah. And what are you trying to do when that, like, are you trying to make her like, she's following your eyes. So you want to kind of lure her in down low and then get her up high. <laughs> yeah, man. I played that, played that like a violin, man. <laughs> well done. Well, I know yeah, we know you can play piano. Yeah. Now we know you can yeah. play the violin as well. Beautiful. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how these things happen in real time. And like, we don't notice it because it happens so quickly, but it, it really truly is so detailed. It really is like chess. Oh yeah. There's, it's so intricate. I mean, it's not just, it's not just how hard you punch and kick. It's not, not how strong you are. It's, it's a, it's an art, man. It's so much that goes into this that, um, I couldn't even like write it all down. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff we do write down, <laughs> but there's also a bunch of, uh, you know, decision makings and things and, um, preparation that once you get into the fight, then things just kind of happen. And, um, all that preparation sort of just like kind of comes together. <laughs> the clip of you as, as Bruce Buffer saying your name at the beginning of the fight and you're repeating to yourself, I'm the best, I'm the best. I'm, where does that come from? Like, was that just something you decided to do in the moment or is this something that you worked on to repeat that mantra? Um, I did it in the last fight too, you know, and <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, that's just, I, I do it in practice. You know, I just started to, um, I, I've been working with, um, you know, uh, fight mindset, um, ever since I lost the belt 
and kind of just started coming back and, and working on my mindset and things like that. And that's something that I always did on my own, but then kind of just bringing some little extra help in, uh, it's really, I just take it to the next level. Right. So, and that's something that I always think about my mantras and stuff internally, but, um, something about expressing it outwardly is just so much more powerful. Do, do you have other mantras that you don't express that we don't know about? Yes. Um, I have a, it's not so much mantras, but like positive affirmations. And, and this time for this training camp, I did, I translate all my positive affirmations into Lithuanian and I, so that I could practice my Lithuanian, but not just that, like there's something because Lithuanians like is the first language that I remember as a kid. So it kind of takes me back to my most authentic, like innocent self as a kid. And it's just something about hearing and speaking Lithuanian, even though it's like challenging, it really um, helps me and, and it really does something to me. So like, it's hard to really explain. It's more like that nostalgic, warm feeling that you have yeah. when, when you hear somebody, you know, your people speaking, you know? And um, so I'm, made sure that I said my positive affirmations with my mom in Lithuania and practice that with her every day. And then that would help her day better, like have a better day. And then that would help me. And we would just kind of reinforce that every day. And sometimes we wouldn't want to say them, you know, and some days maybe we miss a day or whatever, but then it just, uh, so th those are the, those are the things that I did for this fight. That, that is uh, very, very interesting to me. I think um, I totally understand what you're talking about. Is that the first time you did that? leading up to a fight the translating into lithuanian part yeah that one is unique to this fight yeah why do you think there's you been times time? um i think it's well i used to do like write in my journals and then translate uh lithuanian there's just it's one of those things where i always um am making an effort to try to 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 keep practicing my lithuanian and stuff like that and i you know make sure i talk to my grandmothers and whatnot but um uh, I always try to take it to the next level because it is something that is like, it's challenging, but it means a lot to me. And so I always try to think of ways to like reincorporate it into my daily life while being in America. And there's really, it's not like Spanish where mm -hmm. there's, you know, a lot of people speak Spanish here and you could, you know, whatever. It's like, there's really nobody to talk to except for my family. <laughs> um, how did you feel in the hours leading up to the fight? Did you feel uh, more anxious than normal? Were you super calm because of the stakes involved here? How were you doing? <laughs> you know, it's always nerve wracking, right? Um, and there's, it's always a little different each time, but this time, even though I was really confident in my preparation, how I was actually feeling in that moment. Yeah. I was a little shaky. <laughs> I, was a little, I was a little, uh, shook up, but that's also like every time but I was so confident in my preparation that it was like, I was like, I have no choice. I have no excuse, but to like perform. Does that go away once the fight starts or do you need like, you know, a few exchanges to get rid of those shaky nerves? Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. I think, um, yeah, I was, I mean, I knew I was ready the whole time. Uh, but I think that there's just moments where you bring yourself to the present moment and you're just, I, I don't know if it's like what triggers that, if it's just being in control of yourself, you know, what was it like backstage? Cause you had Valentina who had a great win before you, then you have Camaro who's now part of the team as well. It felt like 
uh, a bit of a, you know, if I've seen some of the photos and videos, like a celebration of sorts, the, the vibe back there must've been uh, like a whirlwind for you guys. What was it like? Oh man. Um, I, I love Valentina so much. Like she uh, just getting to know her over the years and seeing her path, like kind of, um, she's a huge inspiration to me. And it's one of those things where, uh, even though like, you know, now I, I, I love Jessica too. So it's kind of sucks to see, you know, that, you know, Jessica didn't win, but at the same time, like I was so happy for Valentina because, um, she's just, she is a really cool person. And, um, so that was really cool that I could, I could, uh, we could both have the, have the belts and just kind of have that moment. And she always believed in me, you know what I mean? She, she always, um, knew that I could do it. So, so I was like, hard to really like explain, I guess that, that feeling. Cause like, I look, I look up to her, you know what I mean? Um, and she's, she's amazing. And Usman, I mean, gosh, he's gotten, I've seen his improvement so much. Um, even just in the short amount of time that I've known him like that and, uh, getting to know him, I, I learned so much from him as well. We're, we're different fighters, but we learn from each other and uh, for it to just, for us both to get like spectacular finishes like that. Um, it's the best. <laughs> what a testament to Trevor Whitman, right? What a night for him. I mean, that's the stuff I think coaches dream of that kind of night. Um, and it feels like yeah. he, it's not like he hasn't been getting his due. I mean, I, I said he was the coach of the year last year. I think everyone, views him as one of the greatest coaches in the history of this sport. Uh, but he's not really someone that likes the limelight, right? Like I, you don't see him parading around doing interviews afterwards. Lord knows he's yeah. turned me down like a million times. I don't know if he hates <laughs> me or something, but I know he's just that kind of guy. Yeah. Did you have a moment with him afterwards? Could you see how, how happy he was about the success of two of his fighters? Oh yeah. I mean, we, we got to hang out after the fight was, he got back to the hotel and stuff. And, um, that was a great time as always, you know, uh, but right after the fight, yeah, it kind of sucked that I could that he couldn't be in the cage with us and he had to go. But it was cool because, like, I don't know. I think, like, my performance it, it was it had to have been a roller coaster for him, you know. Mm -hmm. um, before I let you go, you know, I, I wanted to focus this conversation on the moment and what you just accomplished. I think sometimes we we focus too much on what's next. Literally seconds after you guys, yeah. you know, climb this mountain. But, you know, I'd be remiss if I don't ask you in the back of your mind, like, do you have a sort of idea of what you want to do or you haven't really gone there yet? Yeah, not really. I mean, no, <laughs> not really. Do you think but, you'll fight again I mean, this year? I think I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. That's something that uh, like going into this fight, that was what I was hoping to do is is stay active. It's just a matter of. um putting all the pieces together and like making sure that I put like, make sure that I plan things out accordingly, I guess. Right. So from here, what do you do? You, uh, you're just chilling out. Yeah. Planting? Yeah. Yes. Uh, we got the urban farm is or urban garden is kind of like open now. Just Colorado weather is so crazy that if I start, you know, I could just maybe do some seeds or like prepare the soil and stuff, but probably not planting until Mother's Day, but yeah, really excited to get going on that. <laughs> well, you deserve this. Um, and I know there are so many people who are so happy for you. 
Um, and it was just an amazing moment, like one of those magical moments. And, and that's no knock on Zhang, but I think uh, you have allowed people to go on this journey with you through the highs and the lows and to see where it was two years ago and how you were feeling and now to see you come all the way back is inspiring for a lot of people. And I, and I hope you recognize that not just as fighters and athletes, like you inspire people to just do, you know, regular things and overcome, you know, regular fears. Uh, so it was yeah. a great moment. And so many people have come up to me to talk about you. I mean, like you really do connect with people. So I know, you know, Thank that, you. and it seems sincere from people. And, uh, you know, I, I hope you know that you deserve this and that a lot of people are genuinely happy for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I feel that too. So I appreciate you. Uh, and, and I think there was one last thing that you wanted to to touch on before we say goodbye or no? Oh yeah. Um, so I've been, uh, I've been trying to get, um, the inventor and creator of Earthships, uh, Michael Reynolds on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, I haven't, I understand like, you know, dude's super busy and stuff. So I kind of, um, but he, but, uh, Michael Reynolds has, you know, stage four cancer. So we don't know how long, um, he would, you know, have the opportunity to do something like that. Um, just to talk about it and, kind of so that's that's something if, if somehow this message could get out there um that would be really cool joe make it happen i have no <laughs> yeah, i have no please. pull with joe i mean i think you yeah. i think you could call joe up right now you probably uh, have a better relationship than i do but i hope he does uh hear this and grant you that wish because uh you know stage yeah four and you know whatever whatever happens happens it's you know it's all good with me but that that would be really cool Okay, cool. Thank you, Rose. Enjoy everything. Enjoy this whole journey. Thank you to Pat. Congratulations to you and your entire family, your entire team, and uh, enjoy the time off and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Fantastic stuff from Rose Namajunas, from Dustin Poirier, from Jorge Masvidal. By the way, I have a ton more interviews up right now on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. Uh, have an interview up with Anthony Smith coming off his win over Jimmy Crute. Few fighters in this game are as honest and introspective as Anthony Smith. This might have been one of my favorite interviews with him, talking about anxiety, some mental health stuff. I enjoy this topic very much. And uh, it's nice to see that other people are dealing with things in, in uh, different and honest ways. So I would highly recommend you check it out. We also spoke to Valentina Shevchenko. That's up on the YouTube channel right now talking about her big win over Jessica Andrade, the look she gave everyone afterwards, where she goes from here, all that and more. I also have an interview with Jake Paul up, which I know everyone loves. And I just love the reaction to Jake Paul. And I think it's so interesting. Look, you may not like this man, and he gives you plenty of reasons not to like him and what he represents, where he came from. I only learned about Jake Paul when he got into fighting. So I don't have a connection to him as the YouTuber, the Disney guy or anything like that. I just know him as this guy who's turning the combat sports world upside down. And trust me, he is doing that. When you have people like Kamara Usman, like Daniel Cormier, like Tyron Woodley, boxers, all talking about him, all calling him out, you're doing something good. And to think that he is writing this blueprint for the first time is 1,000% false. We saw it with Connor. A guy comes in, ruffles all these feathers, points his finger at all the top dogs. Everyone gets so mad. The fans... There was a time when the fans got so mad at Connor. How dare you speak of, of other fighters this way? Connor didn't start this. I mean, you could go back to the early, early 80s, late 70s. Andy Kaufman used this playbook. Andy Kaufman went to pro wrestling, was playing a character, got everyone mad at him when everyone thought pro wrestling was real. It's the exact same thing. The interesting thing about Jake Paul is he's not 
honoring kayfabe. He's actually telling you I'm trying to make you mad. I'm playing a character and you're still falling for it. It's fascinating to me. And I'm curious to see where this all goes. And I love that people are like, I won't watch this. Like to me, I don't interview people. If I only interviewed people who I loved, who I respected, who I thought were truly good people deep down inside, trust me, I cover the fight game. I don't know how many of those people there are around. There's a lot of great people in the fight game, but there's a lot of, you know, Komsi Komsa characters as well. I don't decide. Larry King back in the day used to interview Yasser Arafat and 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 dictators and people like that. You don't get to decide who you're going to interview based on who you like or who you want to be friends with. And when I interview someone, I don't view it as a promotion or a platform. I'm curious about people's stories, about where they come from, about their mindset, about their journey, and 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 it's up to you to decide. So if you don't want to click on it, that's fine. I I couldn't care less. I don't make any money off of that, but I just. I think it's interesting that people are so quick to dismiss without even listening. Sometimes I love listening to interviews with people that I don't like, and then maybe my mind changes on them, or maybe it's reinforced. I don't know. Anyway, a lot going on. Speaking of the Paul brothers, uh, it appears as though Logan Paul will compete against Floyd Mayweather. This fight, to me, is Fugazi, because like one guy's 190, the other one's 160. No commission would ever sanction that. I know it's an exhibition. The The... You know, the resumes don't match up. I mean, the whole thing is just a little funky. I hope Sami Zayn walks out Logan Paul. I hope that happens. But that whole thing is is a little funky uh, to me. It's di- The Jake Paul thing is completely different than this, in my opinion. We don't have time to get into all of that, but that's my feelings on it. Um, not a ton of news since we last spoke. A couple things. Uh, John Jones no longer represented by first round, first round management. Um you know, this 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 made headlines. Uh, those in the know know that John wasn't really working with them all that much these days. Like he and Malki haven't talked, Malki Kawa haven't talked for years, three, four years. Abraham Kawa was representing him, but um, only like on the marketing side. So it's not as big of a deal as people think. Um, so we'll see what happens with the, the Francis fight. It looks like Derek Lewis is uh, the front runner right now is he said, oh, he. I also have an interview up with him. I forgot to mention that. There's a great interview up with Derek Lewis. We, we've been talking to a lot of people recently. So check that out too. Uh, he said that um, he's the front runner right now uh, to fight Francis later on this year. The other one that, uh, that broke over the, uh, the last couple of days that is notable, we're not getting TJ versus Corey Sanhagen on May 8th. Unfortunately, TJ Dillshaw suffered a cut in training, a headbutt, uh, opened up a, a, a gnarly gash. Hopefully, we'll get it in June or July. As a result, we're getting Michelle Watterson versus Marina Rodriguez as the new main event on May 8th. So, a bit of a bummer. I was looking forward to that fight, but them's the breaks. Also, speaking of Francis, there's some great footage online of him uh, going back home to Cameroon. The scenes are amazing. A beautiful thing. So, uh, very happy for him, and I can't imagine how he's feeling. Uh, Wednesday night, we're getting one on TNT4. Ong... Lan Sang against Renier de Ritter, a rematch of a fight that happened for the middleweight title and won now for the light heavyweight title. Eddie Alvarez is back. Looking forward to him. Shinya Aoki fighting on the prelims. Colby Northcutt also fighting on the prelims. So that's tonight on TNT. Uh, PFL's back on Thursday with the debut of Rory McDonald against Curtis Millinder. Ray Cooper on the card, Antonio Carlos Jr. against Tom Lawler on the card, Chris Camozzi as well, Gleison Tibau, a lot of familiar names, Vinny Magalhesh, Cesar Muchanch, so we'll see if they can, Sadabusi, so we can see if they, uh, you know, they build off last weekend's card, which was fun with Clay Collard getting the big win over one Anthony Pettis in his debut, CES 
on Friday, LFA on Friday, and then, of course, the UFC is back with an interesting main event in the light heavyweight division. Dominic Reyes against Yuri Pochaska. Big fight. First fight for Dominic since his loss to Jan Bachovic back in September. Giga Chikadze against Cub Swanson. Iwan Kuchilaba against Dustin Jacoby. Uh, Mirab Devalishvili against Cody Stamen also on the card. We've got Random Marcos on the prelims. And... Luke Sanders, you know, some names here and there that are worth checking out. ESPN Plus and ESPN2 at 7 p.m. Eastern prelims, and then main card at 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus. And that is it. We are out of time. So once again, thank you to all our guests. Thank you very much to uh, Jorge Masvidal, Dustin Poirier, Rose Namajunas, Jake Paul, Derek Lewis, Anthony Smith, Valentina Shevchenko, everyone that I talked to this week. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to all of you for continuing to rate, review, download, subscribe. We appreciate it more than you know. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.